Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hi, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Boy, it sure is great to be together today and talking about the Psalms. You I know, agree. When we look at these Psalms, we appreciate that these are individual units of literature, in fact, poetry. Hmm. Um, but one of the things that I think we're seeing, particularly going from last week's conversations to this week's, a lot of overlap in Psalm 2 and Psalm 1. Okay. Maybe we could explore that a little bit. That sounds like a good idea. You, you want me to read Psalm 1 or Psalm 2 right now? Well, let's do Psalm 2, and uh, maybe we can work back to Psalm 1 in a minute. Okay. Psalm 2, English Standard Version. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me. And I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned. O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him." Yeah, so we see it ending on this message of blessing. Blessed are all those on that. That sounds familiar. Who put their trust in Him? And of course, last week we started in Psalm one and verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You've got this blessed to blessed. Did, did, did yours in Psalm two? Does the New King James end with blessed are all who put their trust in Him? Yes. And so, so the ESV says, blessed are those who uh, have their refuge in him. But you're reading that about the trust and, and then talking about it connecting back to Psalm 1. I'm thinking of Jeremiah 17 when Jeremiah makes the same point as Psalm 1 does. And it begins, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, mm. whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so Psalm 1 had blessed are those who don't walk according to all these other counsels, but right. listen to the law of the Lord. Jeremiah equates that with trusting in the Lord. And now you've got Psalm 2 saying, blessed are the ones who trust in the Lord. It sure seems like Jeremiah is reading the Psalms. And, and reading those two together. Yeah. Reading yeah. those two together, seeing them as going together. Yeah. Um, there's such power in poetry. I mean, it, uh, it, 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 the, the, the pictures they capture our mind. We think about these psalms would have been uh, chanted or sung originally. Again, the, the power of music is uh, included in this as well. But uh, what a way to drive home message to have a couple of psalms here with um, that within themselves, of course, have a, a consistent message why we would choose this one to sing this one versus that one. But to have them paired up together right at the beginning of the book of Psalms, uh, I feel like that that they're almost a couplet, right? That, that they go together, one, two, punch, uh, just like the, the individual contents. I, you know what? I am with you on that. I've said it before, and, and I will say it again. I have no idea why the Psalms are ordered the way they're ordered. 
Mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to read people's assessment of that. And I, you know, by page three, I'm so confused and it's so over my head. I mean, maybe there is a real organized order to this. I, I get back to, I think, uh, what I read once that it's just the order of life. You know, some days are good, some days are bad, and the Psalms are showing us that that's the way it works. Well, I, that's what I think is the best. There's certainly some merit to that. But I do think I know why these are the first two Psalms. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why Psalm 3 is Psalm 3, and I definitely don't know why Psalm 100 is Psalm 100 and why it's put next to Psalm 99. Hmm. But I think I know why these two Psalms are first, mm-hmm. and I think they go together. I mean, I think you're onto something there. I, I think it's like the entryway into the Psalms. The entryway into the Psalms. Blessed is the man... Someone says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And uh, I go from that to the beginning of Psalm 2, where again, you see this idea of counseling. Now, in in Psalm 1, the the blessed man is the one who forsakes. He does not heed and follow the counsel of the wicked. Instead, he follows the law of the Lord. Right. But in Psalm 2, you've got this counseling going on, and and it's the wicked, right? So Psalm 2, 2, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed. Um, the counsel of the wicked is counsel against the Lord. And they're all counseling one another. Yeah. So I'm going to go get counsel and I'm going to feed on the counselors who are all saying the same thing. That is, hey, man, do what you want. And here is this appeal of earthly wisdom or worldly wisdom uh, that it's something that uh, a man seeking blessing and happiness might be tempted to follow. Here, here's another connection that I'm picking up. Um, at the end of Psalm 1, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Mm-hmm. Does the New King James say perish there? Mm-hmm. What verse again? That's the, the end of Psalm 1, verse yeah, 6. Yeah, it is perish. Yeah. The, in the, the they will James, perish. The way of the ungodly yeah. shall perish. Yeah. Verse 12 in Psalm 2, what does the New King James say there? All right. Uh, kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Okay, so there's the perish again. And and notice the way is also used there. Yes. Okay, so so in Psalm 1, I mean, I'm trying to remember all the way back to last week, as we pointed (laughs) out that it's not just the wicked that perish, it's their way. That's that right. Perishes. We talked about like a like a quicksand, like a bog. Yeah. So you're you're walking through the Everglades. You've got a sign that says, "Here's a path that'll get you through this swamp," but it actually leads you into a way that perishes, into a quicksand bog that just sucks you down under. Now, of course, that leads to you perishing, but it's actually even worse picture than that because the way itself perishes, and that's why you perish. But now we get to Psalm two, and what do we find? Those who are taking counsel together instead of listening to the law of the Lord, mm-hmm. very foolish, mm-hmm. they perish on that way. Which way? Well, you know, that, that way that perished. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So these kings counseling against the Lord, they're walking the wrong way. They perish on that way. Yeah. Because the way perishes. It's really, I think, striking also when we think about this uh, counseling um, that uh, in, in Psalm 1, it seems to be those on the on this path of life, a perishing path of life. But these in Psalm 2 are those of great authority. And, and it's one thing for someone to be telling you what you want to hear. It's another thing to see authority figures speaking to you and, and laying down on you. This is the right way. This is the way it ought to be. I think there's a, a another level of temptation there to go the wrong way, the foolish way, when we put so much credibility in a leader. So you're talking about the leaders. Actually, 
let me let me throw something out at you. This is just something connecting. So Psalm 1 begins, blessed is the man. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, there's universal application of that to all mankind, men, women, Gentiles, Jews. Blessed is the person. Person, But, you know, I piece together Psalm 1 and 2. I I put those together as this opening. I remember that the king of Israel is supposed to write his own copy of the law, which I understand the Psalms is not the law, but I, I think, you know, this idea of knowing the scripture we we said in an earlier conversation this week that Psalm 2 in its original context really was a message to the Gentile nations and Gentile kings. Perhaps there's a very real sense in which Psalm 1 was the message to David. Oh. Blessed is the man. Obviously, application to everyone. Yeah. But we've got these two Psalms as they you talk about— You would want about, the Lord's anointed to be the one— uh, who is consumed with the Lord's will and wants the Lord's way. Don't take the counsel of those kings. Yeah. You follow the Lord's law. Mm. And, and again, remember, what's the king supposed to do? He's supposed to be writing his own copy of the yeah. law so that he knows it. That he can meditate on it. And so Psalm 1 for David, for Solomon, for any of those kings really has has an even greater personal application for them than just the general person. And then And then you take these two psalms together, we see the real competition. You, you can either follow the Lord mm-hmm. or you're going to follow and take the counsel of all those other kings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so in Psalm 2, we've got the message to the Gentile kings. Look, I've put my king on his holy hill. You listen to him. In Psalm 1, you've got the message. Look, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be my anointed, you got to surrender to my law. Yeah. So many uh, connections here. Boy, you, you begin to look at it like this and then they just start jumping off the page at you. Um, don't, you know, hope I'm not kind of jumping the gun on this, but I, I'm liking the uh, imagery I see here too. You've got the imagery of the righteous man in Psalm 1. He's the tree okay. planted by the waters. You've got the end of the wicked. We talked about the chaff blowing away. And we even spent some time talking about that, how uh, wheat would be processed on a mill. I mean, just ground down so that the kernel remains, but all that excess, the husk is just blown away. And, And that's the wicked. I mean, they're just, they're blown away. There's nothing left. Look at this imagery here in Psalm 2 uh, and talking about the power of the Lord and his judgment. Uh, Verse 9 you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Mm. The rod of iron. Here is the strength, you know, like the tree that's not going to be moved. The rod of iron, it's not going to bend. It's not going to break. And where are the wicked? Where are those who are rebels against the Lord and his anointed? Dash to pieces like a potter's vessel. And again, I think about, oh, I live in Florida. You know, for our listeners in a faraway place, we're here in Florida and moving to Florida, all the houses have tile floors. <laughs> Can I tell you, I got a tile floor in my kitchen and it is the most unforgiving thing when I drop a glass. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to take an iron bar to a glass. <laughs> I just drop it and just crushed into a million pieces, smashed to a million pieces. And, and it's hard to track down all the pieces to clean it up. And that's the kind of imagery, that's the kind of destruction I see of the wicked, the, the potters and the shreds of all the pottery just bashed into a million pieces, just like the husks blowing away in the wind. Yeah, so Psalm 1, tree. Psalm 2, rod of iron. Mm -hmm. Psalm 1, chaff. Mm -hmm. Psalm 2, crushed powder of a potter's vessel. And these things are are connected. Psalms, David, Israel, Andrew, Florida, 
tile houses in the ki- tile, it all tile goes, floor in the kitchen. It all goes together. It all goes, it all, together. It all goes together. So th- this ultimately gets down to be wise, O kings. Be wise. Real wisdom. Real wisdom. And when we piece the two psalms together, especially in their application to David as king and okay. all of his descendants, and okay. then to the Gentile nations, what is wisdom ultimately? Serve the Lord in fear. I mean, that's what it says there in verse 10. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Not a shock, because what does Proverbs tell us? The beginning of wisdom is? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when when I have that respect, that awe, that humility before the Lord and his power, there are two things that are going to govern my life. The Lord's leader and the Lord's law. And these two psalms come together and bring that up. I've got God's king and God's covenant. And if if I'm going to pursue wisdom, mm-hmm. those are the things that are going to rule me. And that's something to sing about. We find these concepts and these teachings appearing in other places. In the psalms, I think of Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. And what a what a juxtaposition of the evil rulers of the nations who want to rebel and revile the Lord and his anointed versus the fear of the Lord. A reverence and an awe, a respect for who he is and what he says. I know we got to wrap up. Let me make uh, one more comment to you here before we do. When I think about personal application, mm-hmm. when my way of reading God's word mirrors what folks in the world want to do anyway, Mm. mirrors their counsel, Mm. I'm probably reading it wrong. Mm. Probably reading it wrong. I I need to read God's word and get what he's saying. Boy, I tell you, that's a powerful thought. Uh, To end on, we would love to know what you're reading, what you're uh, thinking about as you meditate on the word of God. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We're going to close out with a word of prayer, Edwin. God in heaven. Fill us with wisdom. Fill us with your wisdom. May we know your word. May we know your will. May we know your way. Lord, we pray that we will surrender to your leader. We pray that we will surrender to your law. We give you our allegiance. We turn our lives over to you. May we not follow the counsel of the wicked. May we not get together in our counsel sessions with one another and prop one another up in our own ways because that is what is wicked. No matter how we compare to others, propping ourselves up in our own way, that is wickedness. May we, Father, find the blessing that comes from meditating upon your will, your word, your way. And because of that, by your great grace, may we have the life that you are offering through your leader, through your law. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.